Hi, everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher in a Catholic school, I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's degree in theology, and the purpose of this podcast is to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've known since high school. We participated in youth group together. We coordinate our high school reunions together. And she's currently the communications manager for the Diocese of Cleveland. It's Brooke Uline. Hi. Welcome, Brooke. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you about scripture. And you picked one of my favorite passages when we were going back and forth about what you would do. And you suggested this one. I was like, ugh. We have to do it. So (laughs) I'm so glad you picked it. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Sure, sure. My husband and I live on the far west side of Cleveland in a suburb, um, which is also very close to where Julia and I and my husband all grew up. After college, I went to John Carroll um, University on the east side of Cleveland. After undergrad, I went to work pretty much right away for sports teams and municipalities and colleges and really, you know, did the marketing, sports marketing route, event marketing, and loved every single minute of it. Stayed very involved in um, ministry groups and, and parish life in general. And then after we had our daughter, she was about two, and I really started to, I I actually really embraced motherhood, which was a surprise for me. I didn't know. (laughs) It sounds weird and crazy, but I actually didn't really know that I would love being a mom and a wife to the extent that I did, but still wanted to work. So really from there, just kind of started taking a step back and looking and identifying, okay, what is it that I want to do? Because I know working a concert until, you know, midnight, one in the morning, is not what I want to do for my family Mm -hmm. and prayed about it a lot. And a position opened up right time, right place with our diocese where I was able to, you know, move into an office that really supports the Bishop of our diocese and his ministry initiatives. I work a lot with schools, a lot with young families and initiatives to keep marriage and family and, and just, getting families comfortable with just being in the pews because sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, that can, that is a big step of it. So, so yeah, so that's kind of how I ended up where I'm at at the diocese. I love it. And honestly, it has been the best faith formation as an adult that I Mm -hmm. never expected I would have. Cause I think, I don't know if you ever feel this way. Like sometimes you feel like you got it, like you got it. You've been a (laughs) lifelong Catholic. You got it, you know? I mean, we're never I, done. We're never done. <laughs> we're never yeah, done. we're no. never done. Every week, something new my eyes are open to. And um, and I get comfortable. Like I get more comfortable in seeking the truth or seeking out something that I might have missed along the way. So I love that. And I, I love your story and your journey. I mean, I have I've known you for um, a long time now and you, you were, you are, you are so advanced in your career. And I know that your, your job means a lot to you. And it's beautiful to hear you say though, that I totally get, I've never really felt called to be, you know, a mom, but I love that you're, you're growing in that call. And I think that's really beautiful that you found something that lets you grow in your faith and also lets you be a part of your family and lets you be, you know, a part of your daughter's life. So I think that's, that's definitely God's plan, you know, Yeah, it all worked out. 
It always does. (laughs) One thing, um, growing up, you know, we were both in youth group and I'd always kind of wondered what kept you in youth group. And you shared with me a a little bit about your family's kind of faith background. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your family's story? No, not at all. So similar to a classmate of ours that was on the podcast um, earlier, Kat Galecka, my mother also is a Catholic convert. (laughs) So my parents were married and my mom was Baptist and my dad was Catholic. My parents aren't originally from here. Um, They're both from down south. We, my sister and I would wake up in the morning. We would go to Sunday school at 8, 8.30 a.m. at Amherst Free Will Baptist Church, go to um, church service with my mom. We would all be done, packed up in the car, and coming back to the other side of of Lorain County to meet my dad and go to Mass. And we did all go to Mass as a family, all four of us. My mom did as well. Um, And I think sometimes that, I shouldn't even say think sometimes, I know that if anyone is familiar with a, you know, 1980-ish Sunday school (laughs) structure, it's memory verse. It's it's memorizing verses of scripture, you know, and each each week had a theme or each month had a theme and you were memorizing Psalms or a lot of Old Testament. We did a lot of Old Testament study or, or you know, back then you wouldn't think of it. It's the story of David and Goliath. It's the story of Noah's Ark. It's the story, you know, but you, we did a lot of Bible work, I guess, mm-hmm, in the, mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. And so it really made going to mass actually very seamless for my sister and I because we kind of knew the backstory, if that if that makes sense. Totally. Some people have shared on this podcast that Catholics, we don't know scripture as well as some of our other Christian brothers and sisters. And so to hear you say that, I think makes total sense that you would learn the Bible, like the full on stories, verse by verse in your Baptist Sunday school and then to go to mass. Mm-hmm. you know, to hear it again, that makes so much sense. Cause we don't, I think, take for granted that mass is full of scripture, but we don't realize it cause we maybe don't, you know, memorize as some of the other yeah. um, faiths yeah. do. We celebrated all of our sacraments. We went to PSR on Monday nights. You know, we weren't not Catholic. We just also participated. And, and I think that really helped. I remember my, as a young child, my mom was baptized in the Baptist church, you know, and I remember mm-hmm. her full submersion going down. So wow. there's just a lot of things that I think maybe can make people uncomfortable, but because we grew up that way, we weren't. And it actually mm-hmm. really helped us again as adults, as we, you know, came to have to make some, you know, virtuous decisions mm-hmm. <laughs> as young adults, you know, you, you were really rooted. But when I was in junior high, my mom, did convert. Um, she went through the RCIA process. And that, again, was like another real um, wholesome experience mm-hmm. for our family. You know, we're very close. But when you are that close, again, sometimes you don't realize what you're missing and mm-hmm. what you've missed along the way. And we really grew, you know, those years. And I am very appreciative because those were formative years as a yeah. young tween, teen going, getting ready to go into high school for my sister and I. So. Yeah. And then that makes total sense then why you continue to be so 
um, involved in our youth group and in your faith. And but that's intense to have all those experiences to watch your mom get baptized and then for her to enter the Catholic church mm-hmm. um, and do double duties on Sunday. Like that's, that's yeah. intense. So it's, it's beautiful to share um, your story about like just growing in faith. Thank you for sharing. It is interesting because as a mom, I won't keep us sidetracked, but it is interesting <laughs> as a mom, I feel like, I mean, Jordan, our daughter's only six, but I constantly am thinking like, am, am I rooting her how we were rooted? And I know it needs to be different. And I know, you know, we're growing up in a completely different society now, even than we were in the 80s and 90s, but it really makes you kind of do that double check, like, mm-hmm. How, how is she experiencing, you know, our faith? How is she living it out? And I don't know if that makes sense, but. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, as a, a catechist and a teacher, I, I also, even though I'm not a mom, like I can, I mm-hmm. think of my experiences growing up in the faith and then how do I hand that on to my students, but also in the world today, it's a very different world, as you said. So I think, I think that makes total sense. And I love that you are embracing that challenge and bringing your daughter into the faith. And this passage that we that you chose was one of my favorites. Um, this whole book is is beautiful. And it has to do with these relationships of mothers and daughters and yeah. family. So I think it's going to all tie in. It's going to be great. So you've chosen Ruth. Um, and really, we, we talked about maybe doing the whole book, and we can definitely talk about all parts of it because it's so short. Um, but we're going to focus on Ruth chapter one, verse 15 and 16. So whenever you are ready. And what translation are you using? Sure. I'm using the NIV, which actually I I really read a lot from this. It's a women's devotional Bible that was Mm -hmm. passed down to me from a cousin of mine. So um, I just like the language that's used, Mm -hmm. but that I do definitely go back and compare. (laughs) Totally. I love different translations. I think it gives new spins on on it. So whenever you are ready. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. So I'm going to give a little background and feel free to jump in because I know that you've studied this book and done Bible studies with this as well. But for those who are not familiar with the book of Ruth, it is a very short book. You can kind of flip right past it in the history books of the Old Testament if you're not too careful. It's right after the book of Judges, and it's the author of Ruth says that it takes place in the time of Judges. And the time of the Judges was when the Israelites were coming back and settling into the promised land after the Exodus. They were trying to reclaim the parts of, of Israel that they had lost. And um, the judges are these soldier prophets, these military leaders, but also get messages from God to help them establish themselves in the promised land again. And Ruth is actually a member of one of these neighboring communities that the Israelites are fighting against. She's a Moabite and she's from Moab. Um, but the be- beauty of her story is that she marries into a Jewish family, Naomi's family. And when her husband dies, She still decides that she wants to, as this verse says, take on um, Naomi's God, which is, you know, our God, the the true God. And she stays faithful to um, Naomi's family and to our God. And she eventually is mentioned in the genealogy as one of Jesus' ancestors and becomes David's grandmother. So she she's a she's a beautiful example of fidelity and faithfulness in a time where Israel was really struggling. So that's a little background about Ruth and this book. You want to add to anything to that about the history of this book? Oh, I, think you, I think you did a 
Oh, that was a great <laughs> version. You did a great job of that. I mean, that's, I that's why I could get paid the big bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to do what I do. Right. Oh, I love it. I definitely dug in a little bit more about what a Moabite was, just so that I could, you know, I think it's very clear, like as Catholics, who we are and, and what the Jewish faith is. But I think for me in some of my studies, I really had to dig into what the Moab, who the Moabites were. But I think it's the part of this key verse is about Ruth's background. I mean, Moabites worship deities. It goes way back to the book of Genesis where there are biblical accounts of Moab, you know, being born of Lot after, you know, Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that, that Ruth, you know, finds it significant and is attracted to Naomi's faith and her worship style, you know, and we kind of mentioned this, I think a little bit when we were chatting back and forth, but Mm -hmm. these verses, even before it or after, don't really dive into what Naomi's character was or what her worship style was. There isn't one real key scene or scenario, but there obviously was something that Ruth was drawn to and was called to in order to make this statement. Yeah, I think that's a a really good point. So before this, we don't get any kind of sense of Naomi. We know that she is from Bethlehem. But and so we just kind of have to assume that she was living this life of faith, that she was a good Jewish woman and that she her faith was so evident that it would make Ruth want to claim it as her own. And I think that really says something about Naomi and also Ruth's character as well. I just want to know, why did you why did you pick this passage? What do you love about the book of Ruth? Sure. I, I love the whole book. I love the whole book. <laughs> well, Ruth, Ruth is a real life scenario, you know, and, and throughout the chapters, and it's very short, very short mm-hmm. book. Anyone could read it. You could literally sit down at your lunch hour and read it. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a quick read. But I think there's frustration. There's devastating loss. You know, she loses her husband. Naomi loses her husband, their children, mm-hmm. you know, all her sons. Mm-hmm. And then it and then it kind of evolves into obedience and dedication. Ruth is out there working for them to have some type of livelihood. They're poor, you know, they leave they leave and go to Bethlehem as you mentioned and out of this strife, you know, then we see love, we see mm-hmm. commitment and ultimately, you know, we see that God is there with these families. He's holding them together. He's granting them favor. He's providing provision. And that's real life. Mm -hmm. And that is why I love this book. I've probably read it six or so times, even more so. You know, I've read it with Bible study with other women. I've read it alone. I've texted my mom and said, Mm -hmm. you know, when we're in trying times, like, hey, I just read this book. Read the book of Ruth. You know, because each time... God opens my eyes to a new takeaway, and that's exactly what I need in that moment or that season or whatever I'm facing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's really what I share with you or with anyone, you know, when I'm like, hey, Book of Ruth, good read. And I think so much <laughs> we forget what real life is because we are in tuned to social media or whatever's on the TV. Or I'll be honest, even in my own neighborhood, right, whatever the school gossip is or the neighborhood <laughs> gossip, you know, and you have to just take a step back. But Ruth is is a real life scenario. So 
Totally. That's really well said. I think, you know, if I put myself in, in Ruth's perspective and, and try to think about why did she stay faithful to Naomi, certainly I hope that, like I said, the faith of Naomi drew her and, and our God and, and that she had developed a relationship with our God. But I think what you said, too, about real life, she had witnessed the death of her husband, um, all of this death. Like you said, she's she's put into a place where she has to work and then she falls in love again. And there are these these things that we can connect with even today. She's an immigrant, you know, she's mm-hmm. not from or a foreigner rather. She's not from the area that that she she goes to. She leaves her home of Moab to go to this new place in Bethlehem and make a life for herself. So it makes me think too of like my uh, relatives who were immigrants and ha- were very poor and then and witnessed so much death and devastation and then had to go to a new land and start over and, and make a name for themselves. And all this happens to her. So you're right. I think that this is a, a book that we can very much relate um, to today. And that's, you know, the purpose of this podcast is to try to get to get these stories to, to match up and, and apply to today. Yeah. I mean, the book really does too. I, there's some terms in there that you know, you don't know, <laughs> regardless <laughs> of the version you're probably using. So one of them is gleaning, you know, so you have to Google it or look it up and figure it out. But I mean, you learn and it really puts that historical context that, that gleaning means they were poor and they were harvesting the crops after the regular, you know, folks who were out working the fields. And so there's there's some terms like that throughout the, the book. But again, I think it just you know, exemplifies that there was tragedy, there were challenges, and they had to make decisions as a mother-daughter duo or as a mother-in-law, daughter-in-law. And those are all things we're faced with today, those tough family decisions, you know, that are part of our livelihood. Ruth, Ruth did decide to stay. She didn't give in to the temptation of thinking, what if? What if I don't go? What if I stay here? What if I, you know, what if this happens on our journey back to Bethlehem? She didn't, she didn't let that guide her. She let her faith and the strength of her, you know, relationship with Naomi guide them and a beautiful outcome. Yeah. She put all of her trust in Naomi and her God and the other daughter, the daughter-in-law. So Naomi has two daughter-in-laws that have married into her family and all of the husbands have all died. And in Orpah, the other daughter-in-law, when Naomi turns to them right before this passage that we picked, you know, she says, you can, you can go, go back to you. Well, actually you read it. You read, you mm-hmm. read the part there. She says like, listen, go back. And Orpah's like, cool. Bye. I'm, you know, given the chance. And, you know, she took it and, and Ruth said, no, I'm going to stay with you. And again, we kind of talked about like why, why and what made her stay. It must've been Naomi's witness and her faith. But also putting, trying to put myself in Ruth's position again, like, I don't know if I would have made the same call. I think I would have right. been like, yeah, cool. I'm going back. I'm going back to my home where I know to my, my practices, um, but that there must, so we have to assume that there must have been something in the rituals or in the practices or the way that Naomi lived her life that drew Ruth to um, the Jewish faith and to um, our God. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you wanted to add to that at all, but. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think just another point of this book is just again that dynamic relationship that mm-hmm. like, that Ruth and Naomi had and you know what would we do I mean I love my mother-in-law to death I love her to death we have a <laughs> relationship 
if everybody died off and it was just me and her, I don't know if I'd be like, yeah, right. I'm going to You check in on her maybe, but like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know what I would say. I would probably be like, snap out of it. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, um, but I just think, you know, and, and the fact that she, that, that Ruth did this and was guided by her and guided by her, by Naomi's faith and, and, you know, it's, it's part of the bigger story, you know, their intersection, their, their relationship, the, the charted course to move, however they prayed on it and made that happen, you know, really gets the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Ruth's response to your God is my God. I'm going where you're going. It just sets the story in motion for the bigger picture and, and what her purpose was in this world. And as you said, it's, you know, ultimately to be this great grandmother of David and, and in the ancestry line of Jesus, like, right. Could you imagine that if that was today? (laughs) Right. I mean, well, this is, it says says so much to me about God's plan, right? Mm -hmm. Like she could not possibly have known in that moment when she was saying yes to Naomi and staying with her that, all of these amazing things would happen to her. So I know we had talked about, well, this, you know, let's talk about the whole book. So right after this, you know, she does go back. She's gleaning as you talked um, and, and picking crops and they're very poor in Bethlehem. And obviously Bethlehem is, you know, the place of David and then obviously Joseph and, and Jesus. But she couldn't have known, you know, she couldn't have known. And now this place has such a connection to us and our faith as Christians. Um, I got to go to the Holy Land last year right before obviously COVID and everything. Um, and Bethlehem is a beautiful, it's, I wasn't expecting to be so taken by Bethlehem mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I've said to you before, I'm more of a like cross Jesus, like <laughs> Jerusalem carrying the cross kind of girl. And I know it sounds so weird, but this is my life. Um, then like a, like a baby Jesus. So I, anyways, I was, I wasn't, a, I didn't think I would be so drawn to Bethlehem, but when I was there, um, we waited in line to go to the cave where Jesus was born. And it was very moving for me. And then we went to the shepherd's field where the the shepherds sang to the, or the angels sang to the shepherds rather. And right across mm-hmm. the street was this like little, all these signs to Boaz, like gift shops named after Boaz, who is, who Ruth marries and, and falls in love with spoiler. She, she is working in the fields. And it just made me think like the connection between the old and the new Testament. You kind of started by saying that you had studied old Testament and they would make the connections and um, being in that place with that field. I'm like, oh my gosh, not only did Jesus's birth get announced here, but like Ruth and Boaz were like picking grain here and this whole land, it just, I, I don't know, it put yeah. the scripture into perspective for me. And so if anyone gets to go to the Holy Land, if we ever get to travel anywhere ever again, <laughs> I recommend it because it makes the scriptures come to life. Yeah. I mean, just think about that though. Like that one location, mm-hmm. how powerful God's presence is there, is over this world, but just magnifies like, I mean, right? Like this interaction of Naomi and Ruth and Boaz, like that was a significant amount of time before <laughs> Jesus's birth. You know, right, we're not right. talking like twenty years, like no. thirty years when people have kids today. You know, it's a significant amount of time, but just how sacred and how holy that is. So I can imagine being moved as you were. You know, as you think mm-hmm. about. Well, just it's moving to think that like that God used her she's mentioned in the genealogy of like the savior of that people. So she not only became a part of this group, this, these people, these Israelites that, 
you know, God promised a savior to, but then she got to be in that family line of the savior. Like she was kind of a conduit or a means to bring about salvation in a way. Like she has a role in that. You know, I just, that's, that's really, and she couldn't have known when she just said yes. So it also makes me think of like the power of like saying yes. I think so much Mm -hmm. I would have been like Orpa and I would have been like, nope, bye. I'm not going to, not even open. I'm not even open to this. I'm just like, I'm out. And, and, her just, <laughs> and her just simple, yes, like, yeah, moved forward this whole, this put this ball in motion, as you said. And then it makes me think of like Mary's, yes. And uh-huh. real quick, something else that I just thought about when you were talking about the physical location. One of the commentaries that I had read during one of our Bible studies on Ruth was that uh, labeled this like a field of hope. And mm, I'm like, I like that. I like that too. And I feel like we, we use that, that term so much in like sports and baseball or dream. Yeah. yeah, You know, like just, and, but I'm like, no, it, it really, really was. And as you keep reading, you know, as you go into chapter two and chapter three, Boaz says to Ruth, may the Lord repay you for what you have done. Meaning mm-hmm. you're working hard. You're out there in this field. You're doing this sweaty, hard job just so that you guys can live and eat. But the Lord will repay you. You're being faithful. You're being obedient. You're saying yes to this situation, you know, because so many people could do other things, you know, or she could have chose to do something completely different once she did get to Bethlehem, you know, she could have mm-hmm. treated Naomi a different way or you know, hightailed it back out of there. But, you know, I think that that verse, when he talks about favor and the Lord repaying her in that field, in that moment with that mm. setting, again, goes back to, you know, kind of how you were feeling when you were physically there, you know? Yeah. Well, their their relationship is really beautiful. And I know that we had, we had picked kind of Naomi, Naomi and Ruth's reaction, but this because this is so short. But it makes me think, too, of just like we don't hear of a lot of matriarchs or God using women that much in scripture. Mm-hmm. So, again, I just keep going back to like, you know, he really her. Yes, he used her to to bring about salvation. And, and it's beautiful. And, and her story is is so short. But and she's not even she wasn't even a Jewish person you know, to mm-hmm. begin with. But mm-hmm. we include it in our, our Bible as canon because it's such a powerful story of mm-hmm. loyalty and fidelity and saying yes and belief and faith and. Yeah. yeah, I just could geek out, geek out about it <laughs> for yeah. many reasons. No, yeah. And, and I mean, the loyalty part, right? Ruth's faithfulness, it didn't just bless her and her life, but Naomi's as well. Naomi's life continues to change and evolve. And it, it the book actually ends with them talking about, you know, Ruth and Boaz and their child and Naomi involved in that relationship, you know, and and having a grandson or whatnot. So, you know, but I just think, again, that's real life. Think about Mm -hmm. our lives now, right? Like, and as your relationship pursues with your family or with your friends, other people, when they see the light of Christ in you, they continue to be moved and changed for the better. You know, it's all about that encounter. That's so well said. And I like how this kind of ties back to what, how we kind of started and you sharing about, you know, wanting to be more focused on your faith and be more available to your daughter and how important it is for us to share faith in our families, you know, for this reason. And this book definitely exemplifies that. Like you said, it's real life. It's, it's life, Mm -hmm. it's death, it's 
children, it's it's faith, it's um, relationships. So yeah, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to say about this this verse or this book or. No, I mean, I would just encourage anyone listening, you know, to if they haven't read it or if they only know this passage or a few other, you know, mm-hmm. key verses that are sometimes highlighted, it's really easy to just take the time and, you know, read the whole chapter. My heart is so full after reading it. My head, if it was filled with fear, this passage clears it. It mm-hmm. really helps, you know, make me realize that you know, God is trustworthy and scripture is real. And, you know, I know there's other books out there, so it's, it'll be always interesting to hear like what that is for someone, someone else mm-hmm. too, you know, and what their takeaway is. But well, thank yeah. you for sharing your faith and thank you for sharing and talking to me about this book. I could talk about it for, <laughs> there's so I much know. more here, but it's, it's, it's so simple, but so, so beautiful. I usually end by allowing people uh plug something. I don't know if there's anything like since you're Working at the diocese, are there any events or social media you want to plug? Yeah, of course. So dioceseofcleveland.org is our website. So go ahead and check it out. If you want to click on the news tab, that's where the latest and greatest is. Um, On Facebook, it's Diocese of Cleveland. On Instagram and Twitter, it's Diocese of CLE. And quick plug. We just got a new bishop, Bishop Edward Yes, he was installed <laughs> at the end of September. And so his handle is just at Bishop Malesic, M-A-L-E-S-I-C. So give him a good follow as he, uh, he every Sunday he does share his gospel reflection and thoughts. So that's always really nice because... I think sometimes it's hard to get out there, especially during a pandemic, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and see where he may be celebrating mass, but just being able to, to grab that each week has, has been really helpful and nice. I love it. I love a bishop that's on Twitter. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and you guys can follow me at seven mile chats on Instagram and then on Twitter at Miss Struckley, M-S-S-T-R-U-K-E-L-Y-1. Brooke, it's so awesome to talk to you and Ooh, it's so cool it that- great. In our adult years, we're still sharing faith together. I think that's really beautiful. And we shared a really beautiful and, and in distance. book together. Isn't like, cool? I love this. It's so cool <laughs> because we're like, it's it, we're not in youth group, but we're together still, you know? I know. It's, it's crazy. Awesome. It's just another, you know, example of God's plan. So thank you for taking the time. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks. Bye, everybody.